0: Call in at 303-690-3000.
2: Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. And we have a dedicated texting line, 720 336 0897. That's just a text into the show. Uh, I'm, I'm privileged uh, to be with you this afternoon and to um, talk about the things of the Lord together, to pray together, to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit together, open to uh, the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. We're going to open the Bible together. Again, welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Taking your calls and questions, 303 690 3000 690 3000. And I want to just give a shout out to my friend, Pastor Gino Geraci, uh, that he just started up his call in radio show here in Denver again over on KRKS 94.7. And I'm just so encouraged that Gino's back on the air. And now, during, at least during the four o'clock hour, there are two uh, people uh, giving Bible answers and answering Bible questions. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. It's ex- I'm ecstatic for him. He, he is one of the smartest Bible men I've ever met in my life. And to have him on the air here in the Denver metro area and down in Colorado Springs uh, is great. I know it's a different number down in the Springs. I don't know what the station is, uh, the Salem radio uh, salium media station down there but uh, Gino's on down there as well so Gino congratulations welcome back to the airwaves you were missed and here we are on grace FM hope FM and truth FM I know you guys on the east coast and uh, you know east of us aren't familiar with pastor Gino uh, but but he's a phenomenal man of God and I hope they take his show national uh, that's my prayer he would be a tremendous national host on the Salem Radio Network. So I hope he does. But for now, we got him here in Colorado. And we're here on Calvary Live, taking your calls and your questions. Let's talk about the things that are on your mind. 303-690-3000. Text me at 720-336-0897. Tonight is a real special eventful night here at Calvary in Aurora. It is a highlight of our year. It's We do it every quarter almost, uh, sometimes a little more, but it's our water baptism night. And what a great way to schedule the water baptism right after our Easter weekend services. Uh, so if you've never been water baptized and you're a part of the body of Christ, you've never been baptized as an adult, we are doing one tonight if you want to be water baptized in obedience to Jesus Christ. We're going to be here tonight. Uh, we rearrange our regular Wednesday night service and make it a baptism service. We have a little bit of worship. Uh, we're going to have a, a time of prayer because we always pray together. Uh, then we're going to uh, have a small devotional message. Um, Pastor Everett is going to be leading us in the Word tonight. And then we're going to baptize one after another. Uh, and, and the exciting thing is, is that when we share the gospel, and we give an invitation. Those that respond to the gospel right then and there get baptized first. You go right to the front of the line. And and so very excited about tonight. And because I was talking to my friend Frank about this, I want to let you know, uh, just so you can mark your calendars, Ken Ham is coming to Calvary Aurora in August. And so he's going to be here August 25th, 26th, and and for the kids on the 27th, of this year. Ken Ham Answers in Genesis uh, is going to be here for a conference. It's his Answers in Genesis conference, uh, and I'm looking at the calendar, and it doesn't look like he's been here since 2015. Wow, that's been a while, but he has been busy uh, building the ark. (laughs) It's not like Noah, but, you know, he has been busy in the ministry that God has given to him, so it's good to have him back. Ken Ham at Calvary Aurora in August. Mark your calendars, August, the weekend. He'll be here for all of our weekend services, August 25th, 26th, and then Monday with the kids on the 27th. 303-690-3000 on an open line. We're going to go right on to the phone lines. Dennis in Longmont, welcome to the program.
0: How are you doing, Pastor? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for taking my call.
2: You're welcome. What's up?
0: Yeah, I got a question. I was talking to your screener and hopefully I can paraphrase this. I mean, I was reading like in the Old Testament, I was reading two Samuels talking about King David, how he took his wife and his con- concubines with him. And that's a pretty pretty general thing what they did in the Old Testament. So that became like a lifestyle. And when, when you're when you're sinning against the Lord, we all fall short, but when it becomes a lifestyle, and I always interpret that, that's where you can lose you're in danger losing your salvation. And that's why I think why we're so much against homosexuality. Not that that's any worse than stealing or telling a lie, but it becomes a lifestyle. So why would in the Old Testament that lifestyle was there? But obviously King David and Abraham didn't lose their salvation. We know that. So why would that be a lifestyle that was against the Lord? They wouldn't lose their salvation, but it's a lifestyle now. You can lose your salvation.
2: Well let's <laughs> let's answer the let's answer the bigger question that you ask, and then we can go back to David. <laughs> The bigger question that you asked that, that you really didn't ask, but in your statement you say that we can lose your salvation, I don't believe that's possible. I don't believe the Bible defines salvation as temporary. Uh, I believe that salvation is permanent, that nobody can snatch you out of the Father's hands, that our salvation is eternal, that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, and for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Like, like I don't believe—so the— so as you phrase your question, I don't believe the Bible teaches that you can have salvation, then lose it, then get it back, or, or even lose it, period. Um, I don't believe that's possible. So number one. Number two, what you see in the Old Testament is a series of bad, sinful decisions that David paid the consequence for. Um, the, the wives in David's life, the multiple concubines or wives, especially in his son Solomon's life because you know Solomon picks up that habit and he does worse with women than, than even his father David did. And the Bible strictly forbid this. Um, it's unequivocal that the Bible strictly forbids this and they both paid a high price for their sinful decisions. Um, but it, it's not a matter of, It's not a matter of losing your salvation. It's a matter of losing your intimacy, your closeness. It's a matter of dealing with the consequences of sin. I mean, David lost a child over this, and that's huge. Uh, With the adultery of Bathsheba, it's, it's a huge, painful thing to choose sin.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, and you're right, Pastor. Maybe I should have uh, phrased it a little bit different. I agree with you 100% that you can't lose your salvation, but the question is, will you ever save? So I understand That's true. what you're saying. I agree. We understand what the Bible says. Profess with your mouth and believe in your heart that the Lord died for your sins. He was resurrected three days later, and anyway, through the only way through the Father is through the Son. I get that, but, but it's like if you're doing a lifestyle— that goes against the Bible, not a slip but a lifestyle. Then, 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 because 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 the Bible says homosexuality cannot. Well, let's 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 step back for a second. Kingdom, right? Yeah, well, but let, because that's the lifestyle. Yeah, those but that
2: practice such things. Says, sorry. No, those ahead, yeah, those that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But let's let's walk in let's walk in wisdom for a moment because the reality of sexual sin, whether it's homosexuality or adultery or fornication are all very serious matters pornography um, these are all serious matters but the question that's before us is can a believer engage in those behaviors yes or no
0: for well, sure we flip all the time yeah so so the
2: answer is yes so believers can get it get themselves into some really sinful difficult situations uh, that that are are challenging uh, and and really reflect a uh, disconnect between their abiding relationship with Jesus. So, so here, here's where here's what I would say. If I see somebody practicing sin and profess to be a believer, I'm going to challenge them on it. And if I see someone practicing sin that say that they're not a believer, then I'm going to evangelize them. But either way, I'm going to I'm going to reflect back to them what the Bible says in relationship to a lifestyle and and what you practice. And in it, if. If practice becomes your lifestyle over a long period of time, you know. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not God, but as a brother or just as a person that sees you with my eyes, I'm going to warn you, and I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to love you just like Jesus did, and I'm going to do what Jesus did when he caught the when the woman that was caught in the midst of the adultery was thrown down before him with the legal penalty of stoning, he shows mercy and grace to her and tells her what, go and sin no more. And that's really the question of. Of believer uh, of the essence of a person's relationship with God, isn't it? Go and send no more. How you and I respond to that, especially if there's something in our life that is practicing, tells us a lot about whether we have a true, real relationship with God.
0: You're right. See, and I agree with you. And again, you know, if you know what you're saying, you hit a home run. So. In the old testament, when they were constantly doing the same thing, obviously King David and Abraham all had a true relationship with the God. But again, from what you're saying is, well, they're constantly sinning day after day, minute after minute. So it's kind of a slippery slope here, in my estimation, on this.
2: Well, let's let's look at it this way. God God is God and his relationship with his people is 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 his his prerogative and God forbid God forbid this sin. There's, it's you know the, when we get into these slippery slopes like you describe it, what we need to do to stay away from the slope is just say what the Bible says uh, and, and affirm what the Bible says. and for kings they were specifically forbidden and told not to do this, not to multiply wives and not to multiply horses or military strength and and so when they chose when they chose to disobey those those commands, they chose to take the consequences, that god had set out for them and and each time you see it there was grave consequences for them and it's same and it's true for you and me today if you willingly as a believer in jesus christ choose to willingly disobey god you will face the consequences that god has reserved for you and me
0: well you know pastor i appreciate i i appreciate i wish everything was so black and white Sometimes it just ain't quite black and white. <laughs>
2: you know, sometimes it's not. I mean, the black and white things of the Bible are definitely black and white, but, right. but there are other times when we don't have the wisdom of God. Like, we don't know his full thoughts on the matter. We don't know. It, it's a, It's it's troubling to us that God would be so gracious to people because we would not be so gracious in our, in our humanity we cut people off way before God cuts them off. In our humanity, we give up on people way before God gives up on them. And, and you know, we, we have a situation... Let, let, let me end with this. Uh, we have a situation where a good friend of mine, uh, his son has run away. Mm. And, and so we're praying, God, bring him back. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw him today and, and, and felt the, in, just in his presence sure. as I gave him a hug, this dad is not ever never ever in any way going to give up on his boy and, yep. and and he's just not he's just he is not neither neither is his wife his mom not going to give up on their boy and and you think of the humanity of that and, and what how beautiful it is to feel it to sense it sense it but how much more God our Father in Heaven is not going to give up on us.
0: Amen, Pastor. It's beautiful. Amen. God bless you, well, man. Thank you for your time, Pastor. Great God question. Bless you. We love you, and keep up the good work.
2: Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. Okay. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go over to Nick in Westminster, Colorado. Nick, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you doing today?
2: Good, bro. It doesn't look like you're doing too well.
3: Um. Actually, surprisingly enough, I am. I am doing okay. Okay. Good. Um. I just, just. I. I just got laid off like about an hour ago. Um,
2: ah. Sorry. And
3: uh, just over the past like couple of months, I just felt like God's really been like, "This isn't what I want for you." And I, I think He was just kind of like a a little kick through the door that He did for me. Um. But I just. Uh. I just need a prayer just for. Uh, for guidance and uh, what my future step is. I mean, I'm having a baby in six months, so. Oh, a little bit more than six months, but I just want to just guidance that God God will show me where he wants me to go, and I know my last job was, was keeping me—I was working so much that it was keeping me from going to church, uh, uh, and so I know this is—
2: It's good to have you back. Uh, well, let's yeah, pray.
3: I agree. But yeah, if you can just pray for me, that'd be great, and okay. my family.
2: Father, we lift up Nick to you, God, as he assesses his life right now, and, and just had the—you know, partly it's a discouraging closed door, Lord. We never want to hear uh, how— You know, we walk in and then we're laid off. But, Lord, it's amazing that sometimes the the hardest of situations become the best situations in our lives. As we wait on you, God, and we process the, you know, the discouragement and and just the wondering and and lay our anxiety and fears before you, we begin to trust, Lord, and you build our faith, faith that can move mountains. So I pray for my brother, God, and his family that you would lead them in the way that they need to go that you would open doors that no man can close and lead my brother to the perfect place where his skills and talents can be used to provide for his family, and that you would establish him and that you would take away the anxiety and the fear and God give him the confidence that he needs as he knocks on these doors, even if he gets a few no's or denials, God, that you would establish him and strengthen him, that he would trust you in the process. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, so call back when you get
2: your new job and let us know.
3: Oh, I definitely will.
2: Thanks, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Leslie from Denver, Colorado. Leslie, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, thank you.
2: You're welcome.
4: Um, I just have a question because um, just recently I feel like I'm having some doubts with my faith, and it's not something I've ever really dealt with before. Okay. And I, I, don't, I don't really understand where it's coming from. I, uh, you know, we just obviously went through Easter season, and I was just at home, kind of reflecting on just what God did by sending His Son and having Him die on the cross, and then raising Him up in three days, and how that our yes. sins. Yes. And I feel like there was just this little like thought that popped into my head that said, "Do you really believe that? Yes. Like, is it really true?" And it, man, it like, at first I kind of just ignored it. And because, you know, faith, like I live by my faith, and I'm not necessarily by things that are tangible, but my faith is strong enough to just follow that. But I can't get this thought out of my head. And I believe it. And then all of a sudden I start questioning, like, whether I'm really born again. Okay. And, um,. I'm, I read the Bible every day. Good. Through the whole year. I, I read through the whole um, New Testament last year, and actually I'm doing the Old Testament this year, so Good. I kind of did it backwards. But, yes. Um, <laughs> and I read through it every day, and I feel like I'm really, like, I'm loving learning about history, and it's all coming together, and it's just, I've been using Blue Letter Bible, and it's making sense, and then I started to think, like, I read this verse in, in John 5, I think it was like 85, about... And I, I need to go back and like read the, the context of it, of who they were talking to, because in the verse, it said basically, like, you read the Bible every day, but, but I do not get that abide in you. You're, you. You think you'll get life out of reading the Bible, but right. really you're not. Right. Um, and then I, I felt like, I felt worried that that verse was talking to me. Uh, okay. So I think I'm just freaking myself out. I feel like. I feel like I'm a born-again Christian, but yes. now I'm really questioning everything. I mean, my life has really turned around and changed. Yes. And I no longer have a desire to sin. Great. Um, but, yeah, can you help me?
2: I can. I can. Let's talk about it a little bit. First of all, let me, say, let, me, let, me, let me say something that may or may not encourage you. It might encourage you or it might freak you out. Okay? You ready? Okay. I yeah. doubt sometimes, too. Okay. Uh, I doubt... A lot, uh, I have for the last five years, as I faced a significant trial in my life, uh, in the yep. loss of my son, and and it just totally jacked my head up, and really messed my life up. And then some things happened surrounding my son's illness and decisions that were made that even you know are still with me to this day. That still the enemy will use against me, uh, that I don't have any control over, and yeah. and so. On the one hand, I wanted to encourage you because you know I've been walking with the Lord now for 27 years, uh, and and I I believe I'm a strong, uh, mature believer. Not a perfect one for sure, but I think I'm growing, and I think I'm strong, and I know I love God, and I'm I'm confident that I'm born again. But I've certainly had my moments wondering if I was. Um, yeah. b- because here's what happens: what happens is I I look at the the faithfulness. Uh, I, I look at what the bible has to say and and it hasn't really happened with me recently like in the last year or so but 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 I mean when your world is rocked um you think all kinds of weird stuff it's you know your mind goes all over the place and then when your emotions are out of whack um like it's it, it's you're normal that's a normal thing you're not abnormal mm-hmm. it's not abnormal to battle areas of doubt and, f- and faithlessness and weakness. Um, so it's you know it's normal. However, it's not fun. Um, it's not fun to be in a place like, what the heck, what is going on with me? Like I know I love you God, but sometimes I don't even think I'm saved because sometimes we have the wrong conclusion of what a saved person is. Um, we yeah. think that a saved person never has doubts. We think a saved person never wrestles. We always think somebody's stronger than we are. Uh, you know we always compare ourselves with each other and and um you know the, the 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 pathway of of maturity definitely goes through seasons of doubt um as a matter of fact so much so that God reserved for us a, a couple of instances uh in the bible of a guy named thomas have you ever met have you ever heard of thomas
4: yeah doubting thomas
2: yeah it's really too bad that he gets that rap isn't it um, yeah. <laughs> but but he does. He gets that rap because he was always questioning things. He always he was one of those guys that just needed more information. And even to one point, he would say he told Jesus, "I'm not going to believe unless I can see and touch the wounds myself." And yeah. and and when later on he did, um, Jesus um, he doesn't pound him into the ground and tell him what a horrible believer and why did you even start following me in the first place? What did he do? He answered his doubt. Yep. And I found that the same thing to be true uh, in even with me, and, and it's you're going to find it to be true with you as well, that when your emotions are out of whack and a verse scares you, you know, don't ever lose that part of you where you read a verse and it shakes you, because you, you're taking it at face value, and... You're right, it's good to find the context. He was speaking to religious hypocrites. He was speaking to the religious rulers that prided themselves in knowing the Bible, but they were completely misrepresenting God. Okay. And so while that verse doesn't specifically apply to you in the way you describe your life right now, it definitely is something we want to avoid. Uh, We don't want to be so knowledgeable in the Bible and not know God and his heart and, and his desire to reach... The lost and his sacrificial love for us and you know we can be and we, i think we all know a few people that are super smart in the bible but really not that um versed in grace and love and mercy remember he told that same group he said you guys tie the little bit, a little bit you know you tithe, you guys are so technical with your tithing you tithe your mint and your spices but you steal from your own parents he said, "You guys are so messed up." And so, you know, doubt is is normal, uh, even though it's not fun. And because your feelings, you know, the way you described your doubt had everything to do with your feelings. Um, it's an area of life where you need to learn to live by, be- by choosing to believe. Okay. Um, and because doubt really is is and, and anxiety is is and worry really all have the same um, the same root. And that is that we're double-minded, you know. Yeah. We're we're just we believe God. We don't believe God. We believe God, and we're afraid. We believe God, and we're scared for tomorrow. When Jesus said, "Don't worry about tomorrow. Today has sufficient concern. So just live in the moment. Don't worry about tomorrow." Uh, and but it's it's normal. It's not yeah. good, you know. I, I mean, it's not something that that you want to go. Oh, it's all right. I'm just so doubt. No, God wants to build your faith. He wants to build your trust. And it's actually through coming through these times of doubting. That God will bring make you stronger, um, but I have to say there are those times when we're just like, man, I I believe God, but increase my faith. Um, yeah, you know, I I believe you, but I also don't believe you, and I'm so messed up over it. Um, <laughs>
4: right, I feel like I pray, I pray the same with with the man who Jesus saved his son. Like, forgive me for my for my disbelief. Like, forgive me for my doubt. I I don't know why it's here, but. Um, yeah, it's
2: tough. It is tough, but but the good news is is that uh, there's a verse that I mean, this has become a life verse for me. And and it was even before this trial hit my life that that I had bouts of doubt. You know, and and people that like to think, you know, people that like to um, overthink, if you will, uh, are really susceptible to doubt because yeah. there's this sense of thinking and overthinking where you have to have everything explained to you, and when things aren't explained to you, you you have a response, and sometimes that's doubt, um, you know, and, and even pride, as if God owes us an explanation um, for all of our doubts when he says, just look, like you said with Easter, you know, just look to the cross and the empty tomb. Don't trust me. You know, the, yes. very, the very essence of faith, remember the definition, the, the very essence of faith uh, in Hebrews is what? It's we have confidence in the things that we cannot see, because God has proven himself faithful true and able like yep. faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things that we don't see yep that's the very essence of it and yet that's the very genesis of doubt the things that we don't understand and the things that we don't see so here's a verse um, that I have memorized but I want to give you the address so let me um uh, it says in 2 Timothy 213.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, he cannot deny himself. And it's just so encouraging because, I mean, whether it's a small thing or a big thing or, you know, something happens and just discourages me or whatever. um, Man, even if I'm faithless, my God is faithful and though a man falls seven times, he will rise again.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And yep.
2: I, and I can say this: I I just these areas in my life more than discouraging me. They just rem, I'm just reminded, like God, I I just come to Him in prayer. I'm just like you know, as He gets me through it, and I'm just like, God, I don't want to miss anything You have for me because I'm faithless. Yep. And you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not too concerned about my salvation. I mean, I'm confident. I'm born again. My life um, is truly an evidence of the grace of God. And so now I'm just like, God, I only have a few more years left on the earth. Whatever, whatever, however long my race is, I just don't want to miss a thing. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that helps
2: a lot. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. It's a great question. I think a lot of people automatically said shh in the car because they wanted to hear because yeah. a lot of people deal yeah. with this very thing. And And like I said, hearing a pastor say he has his times of doubt might say, oh, well, I can't follow a guy like that well, then I yeah. guess you can't follow a guy like that. But but I hope it encourages people, because God hasn't forsaken me, he hasn't abandoned yeah. me, he hasn't condemned me, and he's really increased my faith and built up my faith through these times of doubt, not the other way around.
4: That's good to hear. Is.
2: Well, thanks for calling.
4: Yeah, I have one more question. I don't want to keep you too long. But because all of this has, has made me, it's just made me think about a lot more about the life of my my faith and how it's grown over the years and I was brought up in church and I used to go to church
2: camp when I was little and then okay let me tell you hold on a second um we're coming up we only got a few seconds to the break so I'm going to put you on hold and we'll bring you back at the top of the hour or the the next segment okay so we'll be right back this is Calvary Live my name is Ed Taylor we're talking about doubt in the Bible faith we're talking about the faithfulness of God even when we're faithless and we don't have any open lines right now but we will soon Stick with us. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's Calvary Live. On coming to you from the studios at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado, which is where Grace FM resides. Grace FM is an outreach ministry of the church here, and we're just so grateful for you guys that support us as a radio station. Uh, You know, we have been sharing uh, from time to time the need uh, that we have here at Grace FM for some of the hard costs and some of the upkeep and investment and, and all of those things. And and we're just so grateful that many of you have taken to heart, uh, just to support the radio station specifically, if you want to support financially, uh, our radio station, go to gracefm.com gracefm.com is our, um, website. Our giving is there and it just helps to keep things going and moving and, um, continues to uh, we're praying about expanding still and uh, you know just the electric bill you know when it, with an 85,000 watt radio station um, even though we don't um, we don't broadcast it that high somehow it's it's less somehow but but the electric bill is crazy but the Lord is faithful and he's so good. and so if you want to help support us, uh, we are so grateful. Uh, I was just talking to our accounting department recently. Uh, and they were sharing with me how there was an increase uh, in support for Grace FM last year. We're so grateful for that, and uh, we'll use it for the glory of God. So thank you, thank you, thank you guys uh, for making that available and possible for us, um, and just keep keep doing it, would you? 303-690-3000 is the number. Of course, you guys on Hope FM and uh, Truth FM, support your local station. Uh, go Make sure that they receive the same kind of support. I only share it because we originate here uh, in Colorado. Uh, but if you're listening to this on Truth FM or Hope FM, support the local station, would you? I know they'll be blessed by it. 303-690-3000. Let's get back to the phone lines. If you weren't with us for the first half of the program, we we left off with Leslie. Leslie's calling from Denver. and Why don't you start from the beginning of that second question again, Leslie? Sure. So, so this
4: the recent doubt has left me really just thinking about my life in general and my faith and where it's come from. Um, And I I was brought up in a a Christian family and brought up in church, and I used to go to church camp when I was little. I don't think I actually truly committed my life to Christ um, maybe five years ago, and that's when I saw real changes in my life. Um, The background was always there, but I don't think I ever started walking with Christ until then. Um, But one year when I was about 11 or 12, I was at church camp and um, we were having a night of worship. And so you were coming around, um, I guess, slaying people in the spirit, is what it's called. Yes. And when somebody came up to me um, and I fell over, and I remember feeling like a warm sensation. Yes. But then I remember the struggle and I remember. And I, I don't remember it clearly, but I remember somebody coming up to my side and then talking to me and saying that I was demon-possessed. Okay. And I haven't thought about this for 15 or 20 years, honestly, and until just recently. And so that was it. So I remember them talking and praying, and then I don't remember much about, like, getting up or walking away. Nobody ever talked to me about it afterwards. Okay. And I think I just kind of ignored it for a really long time. So I'm wondering, what was that? Was it real? Was it? What
2: was it? Well, let's let's ask a few questions. Um, At 10 years old, do you think you were born again already?
4: No, I I don't. I don't think I was.
2: When when is it that you look to your life as being born again?
4: I mean, I I specific. I do remember at that. At that church camp, I do remember committing my life to Christ. Okay. And I do remember asking Jesus into my heart. But yes. if you examined my life, I have to question if I really was born again or not.
2: Okay. So you, you think that maybe that was just a uh, an emotional experience and that later on in life you really made the full commitment. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what happened to you at camp? I really have no idea.
5: Yeah.
2: I'm not a proponent of slain in the Spirit. I, I really mm-hmm. don't see that in the scriptures
4: yeah I know um, I, yeah, I do I, I do
2: know that there's an overpowering sense of the Holy Spirit though you know I do know that there can be a, a sense where you feel the presence of God like we we, we don't want to we don't want the pendulum to swing so far to the other side where we think that this holy Spirit doesn't minister to us in a dramatic way he certainly can yeah. um, mm-hmm. but but many times what's been portrayed as slain in the spirit at, at gatherings like this or, Within certain types of churches, is just entertainment and and it's just um, emotional hype, and it really doesn't yep. reflect the Holy Spirit. So it's a possibility that that's what it was. The idea that you were demon possessed. I mean, how would we know now? Um, right. We don't really know. If you weren't a believer, then demon possession was certainly possible. However, your life would really reflect like just evil. Like if you were demon possessed, there would be evidence of. And, and believe me, I do believe that's possible. I do believe demon possession is real. Um, but, but it has, you know, you're going to have the certain character. Demons don't just live in your body to do nothing. You're going to have certain characteristics. You, you're, you're going to be evil, act evil. Uh, there's going to be a dark sense about you. Um, there, there are, and, and you know, there's no like diagnoses of demon right. possession. The instances that I've been, I've been in the presence of someone demon possessed, it was nasty bad. And the way that you describe that 10-year-old experience doesn't sound like you were nasty bad.
4: No, I was just a typical little girl. <laughs> yes,
2: and so I, I would, just the way you describe it, I discount, and, and the environment, the hyped-up environment. However, however, check this out. Even with all of that swirling around you, you still made a, a profession of faith. Like, God still was able to speak to you. God even, even though you don't see that as like the, the time you were born again, it's still evidence that God's voice is louder than all the noise. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't. I think you can just chalk that up to a summer camp experience uh, and nothing more, nothing less. And now you're, you know, because if we, if we keep looking backwards, we're going to find enough stuff to trouble us. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's something like that or it's regret or, you know, the old... A hypothetical question: What would you change, Ed, in the past? Uh, right. what, what would you change? You know, if, and you know the real question is: I, I, I wouldn't change anything. And the re—I mean, I, I would. Well, here's the answer I usually: I would change everything because I was such a horrible person. But at the same time, I would change nothing because I am who I am today because God yeah. allowed my stupid decisions uh, to affect me and others. And so, um, you know, I, I say you can dismiss that as a summer camp experience and rejoice. <laughs> In the moment you were born again and cling to the faithfulness of God. Because now, for the person that's truly born again, salvation is not dependent upon us. Um, I I love what Jesus said. And this is a very powerful reminder. When Jesus speaks about being the good shepherd, you know, in John chapter 10, uh, he Mm -hmm. says, um, uh, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. This is verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And you know the, 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 issue, that, the issue that we face is we have this tendency to think everything depends upon me. Everything depends upon my grip. Uh, if I just hold on tightly... Then God will take me through to the end. But the reality is, is that it has really nothing to do with your grip at all. It's the grip of the Father that has us secure. And nice. yeah. it, it, rem- it reminds me when I used to walk my kids. They're they're older now, uh, but when I used to walk my kids across the street, uh, I would have them. I would have them grab my pinky, you know, uh, and hold on, God, kids. And and as we would walk across the street, if there was no danger then we would pretty much walk across the street, them holding my pinky. But but if there was some kind of danger or some kind of urgency, I would flip my hand around so fast that I would take their wrist and literally make sure that there's no way they could squiggle away from me. And I would assure, even if I had to pick, up them, pick them up in my arms, that we're going to get across the street. So their yeah. grip wasn't the one that would, even though they kind of felt like, and I'm holding on to daddy, I'm holding on to daddy. The truth is, daddy was holding on to them
3: yeah
2: and that's how it is with our father
4: yeah i like that
2: and you know what we got across the street yeah and that's what the lord he's gonna i i'm I'm, and i say that like in all sincerity because the bible says that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of jesus christ he's gonna get us across the street yeah So good questions. Every time, if you if yeah. you get to a dead end and and you just need to talk it out, you can always call back.
4: Okay, thank you. I, I appreciate it so
2: much. All righty. God bless you.
4: You too. Thanks. Uh, Have a good
2: night. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. And the good news about talking it out on the radio is that many, many people get to talk it out too, even though they're talking to me on the radio. I don't know if you've ever done this, Frank, but I've talked to the radio before. Even though they can't hear me, it's kind of like singing. I'll sing like last night. Uh, my wife has Bible study uh, here, and uh, my, my both my kids were out, and so I was just there, you know, doing laundry and things in the house, and and I was um, reading a little bit and watching the Dodger game um, because you know the Dodgers are the best team. And if you ever want to give me Dodger tickets, I'm always open for that. Even if they're playing the Rockies. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a different story. But I'm watching the Dodger game. They're they're losing to the to the Diamondbacks, and uh, and I just felt like I needed to turn the TV off. Uh, I couldn't pay attention to what I was reading, and my mind was a little scattered. And I I was uh, texting my friend about his son, and uh, and just um, I just felt like I needed to to devote my attention to the Lord. So. I t- flipped off my um, Apple TV and I put on my music and I just started listening uh, to various songs uh, that were building my faith. We've been introduced to two songs here recently. Um, actually, three songs recently by Pastor Ian. One of them is from a very, very, very big, big, big favorite of mine. His name is Chris McClarney uh, And um, man, I love this brother. I, I want to meet him one day. I want to have him out at Calvary. Um, I know that he would just be a, an absolute blessing to our city. Um, the song, um, and I'll, let me explain to you why. And I'll, I'll get to the phone lines again. hang on a minute. Let me get this, uh, let me get this out to encourage someone. Um, so I'm listening to Chris McLarney because one of the reasons um, is God gave me a song from him years ago when my son uh, and his wife experienced a, a miscarriage. Um, the Lord gave me this song, and I, I shared it with my boy. Uh, as I was encouraging him, uh, it, it was the God of our yesterdays. Um, if you have Apple uh, music, please listen to that. If you struggle with loss or you struggle with um, you know just dealing with a difficult situation right now, it's called God of our Yesterdays. Um, and it's on his Defender uh, album. It's um, eight years old and I not only did I, not only did I share it with him, uh, when he when he experienced miscarriage, but I shared it with his wife in the hospital when my son lay in a coma, in in hopes of encouraging her. It's it's that powerful of a song will forever be burned in my heart. The hope of God's redeeming power. Well, he has a new song that was introduced to us by Pastor Ian, uh, and that that it's called Hallelujah for the Cross. I bet you a lot of you. Um, um sang that song recently, maybe even for Easter it was introduced to you. Hallelujah for the Cross. It's a single. Uh, His new album's not out yet. Powerful, powerful, powerful So I'm putting that on and cranking it up through the house because nobody's home. And uh, just encouraged just singing it. it encouraged me to text a couple guys and and then I then I put on a next song, Reckless Love, um, by Corey Asbury. And man, so much controversy over that song. Just no. No, 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 no. Sometimes we reflect God in human terms and we may be inexact uh in our humanity, the 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 human side of things, um, and and how much he loves us and pursues us. Oh unbelievable. Encourage me, bless me. No controversy in my heart. I love the Lord and I can sing songs to him. And then I then I found uh, Uh, A third song was from Passion, I Am, I don't don't even know what it, I want to say it's I Am Who I Am, but that's not the name of it. Uh, It's not Passion, it was Hillsong. And uh, that was another song that was introduced to us. And then I put on this Lauren Daigle song, which really um, ministered to me. And I don't know why, I I just looked her name up and I noticed this song. Um, It is, uh, I think it's the one Trust in You. I think that's it. Trust in you. Um, but anyway, any rate, that's a little bit of my um, playlist. And and just turning the baseball game off, as good as it was, uh, it wasn't encouraged me in the Lord. Um, I, was, I needed to be encouraged in the Lord. And so, you know, those are ways of abiding where you just turn your attention toward God. You begin to pray. So I'm walking around the house singing. I'm walking around the house praying. Uh, I was reading a little bit in Judges because the ladies here are studying the book of Judges. So I've been doing devos in Judges and... Texting my friends, say, "Man, I think this this song will build your faith, you and your wife." And texting my buddy in California, who is planning a church but doesn't have a job, this will encourage you. And, and man, you encourage yourself in the Lord; you're going to be an encouragement to others. And uh, life can be hard, man. Throw you a few curveballs, um, but God is faithful, and, and He is able to en- He is able to enable us to face anything and to trust Him. Um, so. I know Annette's been waiting, so let's move to Annette in Aurora, Colorado. Annette, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. I wanted to ask prayer. I'm excited to see what God's been doing, and um, um, you know about Colorado Family Life Center, and right now we've had really an increase in people calling and wanting to be um, come for pregnancy and parenting classes, and so we have a need for additional... Uh, volunteers who would love to work with men or women or couples okay. to do one-on-one pregnancy and parenting classes, and just that God would work in a powerful way. Um, right now, we're seeing about 41% of our clients are men, which is just amazing to me. And um, so, just um, just want to put it out there. I'm hoping that maybe some godly, really need godly people to speak truth into the lives of people. We are a Christian ministry, so we do get to pray with people, share the gospel. It's not just all about yes. pregnancy and parenting, and we see teens, so I thought, you know, maybe, one, you can pray for that, and also maybe if somebody's listening and they want to find out more, um, we have a, a information night on Saturday, April 14th, so it's just around the corner, and it might be a good time if somebody is interested. To um, sign up to just come out and in here, and some of our clients will be sharing a little bit of their testimony about being here as a client and how it's impacted their life.
2: Yes, and you guys that listen to Grace FM regularly, you guys know that one of the Grace FM care spots is specifically for the Colorado Family Life Center, and and so Annette is and her husband they are the directors. They're the founders and the directors, right? You guys founded this, right, Annette?
1: Um. I wouldn't say that we founded it. Okay. Uh, I've been the director since it started um, as a standalone pregnancy and parenting center. Uh, we were a pregnancy center before that, and so I became the, du- the director it. when we turned into just a standalone parenting center. And there's not a lot out there, so we're getting calls from. Yes social workers, and um, probation officers, and and people Googling, and um, young and old. We have a a new just-turned-16-year-old that's due in five weeks, and she's coming for her first appointment this Monday night. Just lots of open doors, um, and it's pretty exciting.
2: It is very exciting, and so you guys hear the spots here. I know you guys on the East Coast, on Truth FM and Hope FM, you don't hear these spots, but... Um, there's a great need, you guys here in the metro area. If this is a passion of yours and something that that you could devote some time to discipling young people, you know, thinking of this, this is where Marie and I were uh, as teenagers. Yeah. I mean, we didn't ask for help. Um, we weren't in the realm of asking for help, but this was our life. Um, we lived this. We lived through this, and we lived through it on our own. I mean, we had parents that helped us, but not really navigate, helping to navigate spiritually, just really practically. So if you want to help, and that how can they get a hold of you?
1: Um, they can um, look just look us up on the website, Colorado Family Okay. and kind of check out the website a little bit or call the office. Um, that, that information all is on the website, but the office number is 303 366 1072. And for people that might have a teenager that's pregnant or a first time pregnancy, we're um, not. Really, any first-time parent, they don't have to be a teenager, but our passion is teens first, and then first-time parents. And so if people know of a family member that's facing teenage pregnancy, and you can—and they can get here, we don't care where they come from. We'll see them no matter where they live, as long as they can get to us.
2: Great. Well, let's pray. Thank you. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak upon, you know, speak to those men and women that that have been looking for a place to plug in, looking for a place to use their desire to work with someone one-on-one, and maybe even just have a heart specific, specifically for first-time parents or even teenage parents. Lord, I pray for those that are not condemning or judgmental, and just mm-hmm. so immediately opinionated for, you know, the obvious situation the way it is but rather to come alongside and to encourage. I pray for men and women with this desire to encourage and uplift and strengthen. And if they have a specific desire to come alongside Colorado Family Life, Lord, that you would speak to them and you would lead them to call and at least take a step and just um, check it out and see if it's from you. And so I pray that many would hear our show today and respond. And, and those uh, that are on different stations right now or listening online, that they would have a heart to not only check into a local pregnancy and parenting center, but also uh, um, you know uh, to stand in the gap for the unborn, Lord, uh, to stand in the gap to advocate and to serve and to love and in their own community. So many open doors. And God, that we as the church would be the hands and, hands and feet that you called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. And, and also, if somebody wants to, they should check out that event night um, next Saturday. That would be a great time to get a tour and, and listen to the hearts of the people that are being impacted.
2: Okay, sounds good. And
1: that's also on the website. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Alrighty, All righty, bye-bye. Bye.
2: All right, 303-690-3000, but I don't think we're going to have any more calls other than the ones online. So let's go to real quick uh, to Maggie in North Glen. Maggie, welcome to the program.
5: Hi, Ed, I'll try to be quick.
2: <laughs> okay, no, I'm sorry you had to wait so long, but oh, you're no on the air. Oh, no worries, no worries. What's up?
5: Um, I I heard you, there was a sermon on Monday, and it was about David and, um, you know, how he was so human, and even though he had a heart after God, he still sinned greatly, and one of the things that you talked about was not being so hard on ourselves with this our besetting sins or strongholds, and yes. to repent um, in godly sorrow... And believe that God will remove that sin correct and I just so if you have us I'm actually calling about gluttony okay and um, I've done 12-step programs and had some success but felt like um, it was just so legalistic it was so sure flesh um, flesh based and so how does freedom from something like that look how does Godfrey, how do we keep going?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, so let's talk about a few things. Um, when's the last time you robbed a bank? I, I never
5: have robbed a bank.
2: How about steal a car? Nope. What if you and I planned, and I got my wife, and you got a friend? Are you married? I am. Okay, so get your husband. I'll get Marie, and we'll we'll meet at a McDonald's in North Glen, and we will sit down and plan to. I don't know steal a car together, rob a bank, and um, and then go home?
5: <laughs> Let's not. <laughs>
2: right. So so I, sh- I share some, I, and I'm glad you're laughing, because I, I share this exaggerated view that generally we do what we want to do and we don't do what we don't want to do. That's a general truth in our lives. That that is and, and so over time, you have built up some significant spiritual habits in your life Either You could either say God has established habits you've already created or he's created new desires and habits in your life that you have yielded to and you constantly, continually make the same choice over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to besetting sins or the the flesh that so uh, invades us, What we found is we've when I speak of being defeated and condemning ourselves is that we we don't access the power of God in our lives and we keep making the same bad decisions over and over again. Like the power to have self control when it comes to food is residing in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's you already have it. It's already it's like you're million. Like why rob a bank when you're already a millionaire? You're already a millionaire. You already have everything that you need. What you're lacking is. A couple things, maybe desire, maybe you're fearful, maybe you eat because you, or maybe not. Maybe we're not talking about you, but maybe somebody eats because they like to eat, uh, and they, they're. There's probably even some physiological things in them, and maybe food gives them comfort instead of running to the Lord, they run to food, and and so you start to sort out these behavioral things that we, with the choices that God has given to us, we run away from God instead of running to God. Man, it, it makes for a real—then we convince ourselves that we can't get out from under it. We convince ourselves, I need this. I, I made it three days, and now I, I just have to have this, and I need ten of them instead of three of them. And, and before you know it, we've convinced ourselves that the power of God is not the power of God. Mm. And, and so gluttony or thievery or lying or gossip or even some of the deeper adultery or whatever it might be, is a choice, and we. The Bible says that God works in us both to will and to do, for His good pleasure. So God is always at work in us to give us new desires and the power to fulfill those desires. And mm. you know, you if, if, this person that you're talking about could be um, could have built up just a constant layer and wall of habits that they're convinced. That there's no way they'll ever get out of it, and this is just the way of life. This is just the way um, that that God has. This is this is my lot in life. When all the while God says, "No, no, no," there's victory for you. You don't have to be bound by this anymore. Yeah. And and sure, maybe there's a tool. Maybe there's something like we have most excellent way here uh, at the church that that speaks of addiction. Um, maybe it's a maybe it's 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 dis, it's some self discipline. Maybe it's a prayer partner. Um, maybe it's the maybe gluttony is actually just a surface issue to something much deeper. Maybe some wound that needs to be healed by the Lord, or some sin that needs to be confessed, or somebody that needs to be forgiven, or it could be a thousand things. But the good news is, even if it's a thousand things, the solution's still the same. Mm-hmm. And okay. and even the difference between gluttony and being overweight, there those are two different things um, because. Some people are just overweight if if whatever that standard is, you know, whatever that standard might be, whatever we want to call it, what doctors call it. My mom was like that. She was just a heavy woman. And my mom was a glutton sometimes. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes those things get confused. So a person starts to discipline their eating, but they don't lose weight right away. And you go, oh, well, what what difference does it make? Well, they're two different things. God gave you victory over this compulsive, I can't stop at one type of eating or I just like, you know, I just like eating a lot, and and then maybe there's another issue. Maybe it's something health wise or hormonal wise, and and the good news is is that there's victory. And the godly sorrow part, which we don't have time to get into, really has a sense that this sin is against the Lord, yeah. against you, and only you. I have sinned. David cried out. And then it's against ourselves and everyone else in our lives. But it's first toward the Lord. And sometimes we're just guilty, we're just mad because we got caught, or we don't like the consequences. But the reality is, is once we understand that it breaks the heart of God, things change. And I did a study on this, Second Corinthians chapter seven. You can look it up on the on our on our app, okay? Actually, Call back tomorrow. You. I'd love to to finish this conversation. Got to go. All
3: right. Thanks.
2: Bye. Calvary Life. Thanks for joining me. See you tomorrow, Lord willing.